Welcome back to a new episode of the new unfiltered. As I hear myself say, hi guys, I realize that that must be so fucking annoying for literally a hundred and how many ever weeks I've been doing this. I've started by saying that. Uh, so I'm going to do some research and come up with a better way to start a podcast episode. But if you listen to last week's episode with the founders of my favorite, favorite coffee shop, you know that there is a summit coming up now in October. We were going back and forth for months about dates. There is just so much stuff that I learned by having these summits business-wise, finance-wise. And I think what I learn the most when I do these is really time management and how to either outsource and spend the least amount of money or figure out how to divide and conquer and really plan my time wisely so that I don't get overwhelmed because it is a ton of work. But that being said, I am super excited about this week's guest. I was actually on his podcast probably a month or so at this point ago, and I met Tanaka Tava through Capital Factory, which is the portfolio company, VC fund, whatnot in Austin. And they have a bunch of portfolio companies and they've got a co-working space. And myself and Heather are super excited to be a part of Capital Factory. But immediately when I met this guy, I was in the room with him talking about the summits and podcasts and got to know his story a little bit and even more so through his podcast and was just deeply impressed and inspired by him. Uh, immediately when I met with him, I literally thought he was one of the VC investors and he is, but he's not even 25. I don't even think yet. So I think it's super awesome when I get to connect with someone who's my age and super authentic and just a dope overall person. So Tanaka is here. He's based in Austin. Now he is an author and investor. He also has a podcast. I'll link that as well below. So you guys can kind of see what his story is about even more in depth, but thank you for being here today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. That that intro is really, really dope. I really appreciate that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, you are such a dope person. And like I said, I don't frequently meet people my age who are also doing such cool stuff. And I want to start by, before I even introduce your story in, you had a one sheet you sent me. I, I think when I even asked to be on your podcast or you asked me to be on it or something. And so I wanted to frame a lot of this conversation relating to personal branding and how you at such a young age have figured out your personal brand, because that's a huge focus for my company. But even more so, you and I could probably both agree that so many people our age have no idea how to build their own personal brand. But let's start from the beginning on your story, how you got started and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thank you for that. Um, so, of course, my name is Tanaka Ishana Sutaba, and that's my full name. Basically, I really start off each and every conversation whenever I meet a person is, um, I'm, I always say I'm a child of God. I'm just a servant. I'm a servant. I'm here to help people. I'm here to spread love, light, and joy. That's literally what is the meaning of my name. And my parents gave me a pretty rad name. I remember back in the day, as you know, you talk about unfiltered, right? So we got to be and I'm all about authenticity. I didn't like my name at one point. I remember being in grade school, um, T-I, and my initial spell tits. <laughs> and ah. so, of course, I got, I got made fun of it. <laughs> I got made fun of for, for my name. And I was like, oh, man, like, that sucks. I'm just going to go by T or TT or whatever. And then, of course, you know, when everybody's like TT, like, you know, that's like, ugh. But now, um, as I've gotten older, right, I'm a first-generation American. I was born here. I'm the first 
um, the eldest of five siblings. I was the first person in my family to be born in America, um, in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and I, I know that from the very young age, I knew I was all about being a light and just showing love and doing that. And so as I graduated, as I got older, you know, started, at, I, I ran track and field, I played basketball, played sports. But I remember growing up, it was always all about like, you know, I've always had a passion of just talking and connecting with people. Um, whether, uh, of course, was it performing on stage in theater shows back from all the way from starting in elementary school to just, you know, drawing, creating. I just view myself as a creative and um, somebody that just wants to create as a way to help people share their light in their platform. So that's how I really got started into anything like that. So I really view myself as an artist, uh, first and foremost, and all this investing and all this cool other stuff is just an extension of who I am. So, yeah. You are so young. How, how old exactly are you? 23. I turned 23 in January. You're 23 and you have become and built this insanely confident version of yourself. And that is so rare. Like I immediately met you. And I don't know if people, when I was 23, which was a year ago, walked into a room and was like, damn, this girl is super confident. But I don't think at 23, a year ago, I was as confident as you really are. And so in a sense, I feel like you've conquered the confidence side of your age. How did you do that? How can anyone listening who's way older than both of us and struggling with confidence come to where you are at this point? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, Fun fact, I wasn't confident back in the day. <laughs> like this confidence, um, well, I would say my first sort of confidence, like, and I would even say this, the majority of the successes that I've had so far was really rooted in insecurity. Um, I think that's with anybody, right? And I, I used to be so insecure, especially when it came to, you know, talking to women, um, talking to people. Because um, at one point in time when I was young, um, I started talking really early, but then I went mute. Uh, I, I, I came deaf. I was deaf. I had an ear infection that caused me to go deaf about, about when I was like, what, um, about a year. And then I stopped talking and I didn't start talking until I was four years old. I had to go through extensive speech therapy. And so, and of course, you know, you have that going on. And growing up, I was like kind of made fun of a little bit. And then with the, when it came to like asking girls out back in middle school and high school, I would always would get rejected and I used to take it personally. But it wasn't until I started, like, you know, my mom and my auntie gave me a bunch of books, like, you know, Think and Grow Rich, The Secrets, um, The Millionaire Next Door, um, Oprah, whatever. And, and then also like Dale Carnegie's like, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I started reading these self-development books because again, I didn't like the person that I was. And one moment, one key moment for me in life was when, when I really liked this girl and they were creating like a list of like the hottest guys in sixth grade. And I kept on asking if I was on the list and they're like, no, you're not on the list. Like you're ugly. I went home to my mom. I, I asked her the question. I started crying. And I said, you know what? If I can't be attractive, if I'm ugly, I can't change my face, but I could change my style. I started learning to get into fashion. I started learning about this stuff and presentation. And so that, that, that was that false confidence, right? So I think that's one way to build it up, but to really, really get that real, true, authentic confidence to be really who you are, it's all about writing down, the thing, writing down your own personal values, your personal statements, and looking at yourself in the mirror and realizing that you don't need the approval of other people, right? And it's, hard, it's harder, it's easier said than done, 
But when you have a really, I think the key thing is to really understand that you are the only you that will ever exist in this lifetime. And no matter what, people cannot copy you. Like you're Alexa, like I can't copy you and no one can. They can try to be like you, but there's that version of like, like, yo, your DNA, your voice, your story, your past, your present, what you do best is you being yourself. So it was in that moment when I tried being a chameleon and tried so many different themes in order to fit in. And I realized I was never meant to fit in. I was meant to stand out and we all are. And that's how I built that confidence of just now really being my authentic self. Some might call it weird, but I just call it being free and not being afraid to be who I am. And, and honestly, when you're able to do that, it helps other people's confidence um, come out as well. Oh, for sure. So would you say that you were bullied? Uh, bullied? No, not, not, not really. Made fun of, of course, you know, tease, you know, jokes side. Yeah, but bullied? Nah. But I definitely, actually, you know what? Yes. I, yes, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was. Well, you remind me, what you said reminded me so much of the amount of times that's happened to me. I remember in, I think like middle school or high school, they would do these like lists. And I don't know if every school did this or what, but you know, they would do these lists where it's like, um, the hottest girls or like the hottest guys. And it was always weird. It was always like put in the bathroom and your story reminded me of that. But I remember also going home to my mom and so many times crying. And she would always tell me like, one day these girls are going to want to be you. And I, in those moments, it's like, damn, it is so hard to bounce back. What would you, what now looking back at those experiences, would you say to yourself to be like, wow, I, I got through that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, my lower self, right. Would just say, suck it up, bro. <laughs> like it was whatever. But now like, you know, my higher self, my conscious self is just like, yo, like one console and, you know, forgive young Tanaka and be like, yo, bro, it's going to be okay. Cause also understanding that people are really talking from their own point of view and how their own point of hurt. Right. And so you can't take it personally. But you don't learn that until your brain cognitively gets older and you start understanding emotions and feelings. But I tell him now, it's going to be okay. Um, yummy, if Yummy was able to look at me right now, he wouldn't believe where he's at, what he's doing, like the stuff that I'm doing and just the person that I am today. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very grateful. And, but I'm really glad that I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing that happened to me. Though. It was all meant for my good. I always see those videos or those or people who are at that point really successful and are like looking, my young self would never have thought that I would be where I am today. And, and I bet that that's super relatable for, for both of us, because I, I bet you would agree with the same thing. Like I, as you just said, like looking back, I would never have imagined I'd be where I am today. But I think then there's also frustration in that, right? When you pursue entrepreneurship and especially with social media is a lot of times you want to do better or be further along and you get frustrated when you're not is that something that you struggle with at all uh I used to at the at the early stages of like my entrepreneurial journey um but now um I honestly wish I can go back to those moments I was having a conversation with my one of, one of my really close friends you know like you know we're like we're both elevating we're both like doing a lot of cool things and I, I always say, man, I, I wish I could go back to the basement when I first started my podcast or go back to, to like the pandemic when I was door dashing to make ends meet. Because like in the moment it sucks and you're like, oh, 
but you can't get that time back in those moments and those things are like so much more rich. So I, now I don't get frustrated rather. I'm just so excited. I'm, I'm really like, I'm really happy. I like to be in the process and forever doing that because life is a process. So no, no more frustration anymore, but I did feel that. And everybody, I know, I think everybody will go through that frustration at some point in time. It's inevitable. In the moments where you feel self-doubt or any of that, how do you recover from that? Because with entrepreneurship, there's never any confirmation you're going to be successful. There's never any person that is standing there like, this is going to work out for you. And I have struggled a lot throughout my career in and with anxiety because of the fact that, especially when people are like, oh, did you go to college? No. Well, are you going to? It's like, no, but I don't really want to plan B. Uh, what, what about for you? And especially on the, on the theme and the, the, the concept of college. Yeah. Um, well, of course I went to, I graduated, I went to school, I went to Baylor, uh, Baylor university down in Waco, um, go Baylor bears. But I mean, yeah, when it came to self doubt, you like, of course, every, anybody like doubts themselves sometimes. Right. Cause it, it tries to creep in. That's our mind just playing, playing the game, you know, that's our, flight or flight instinct. But I think the key thing is you don't have any time for self-doubt. You just got to go and do, right? I remember there was this one point in time when I was working, um, when I was building up this company with a couple colleagues, shout out to my boy Manny and, and Lenny and Ezreal and all them at the Bitaloo team. And I was like rolling around and running around campus like a chicken with my head, head cut off, try to talk to professors, fundraising money, talking to people, being on the news, all of that stuff. And, you know, I, I remember when I first, like the idea and you started this, whatever, and there's nothing. When you like, with this entrepreneurship journey, it's like, yo, you're building nothing from something. And um, it's scary because one, you're trying to sell an idea and a vision that nobody doesn't even know it doesn't exist. Same thing with my podcast, same thing with anything. And in the early stages, it's like, okay, do you have any credibility? what makes you qualify to do this thing people are pressing you and it's not until you finally at least get some sort of crack door opening then it's like i told y'all because at the end of the day that's the beauty of it right no everybody's going to doubt you from uh, from like the fact like hey can this person really do that thing and then when you do it they're like oh wow and i know people get pressed like oh my gosh like hey you know i i, I always believe in you and whatever and of course you know sometimes like no you didn't but that's the beauty because you don't want somebody to believe in you when you first start your thing. You only need one, right? But like, if, they, if everybody believed in you, there wouldn't like, there's no challenge and there's no fun in that. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. If everyone believed in you, there is no challenge in that. That is actually probably the best quote I think I've heard in quite a long time. I, I really, I really like that. Okay. So let's go deeper into that. So no one believed in you. And I think, I, I know people believe in you and I, and especially at this point now in the career, but the amount of times at the beginning, I was constantly told like, this won't work. You're not going to be able to do this. And that was another one of those moments looking back where I wished, and I'm glad that I didn't stop because of those people, but it certainly went through my head. The self-doubt got worse when people say that, but why do you think that that is? Because people are projecting their own reality, <laughs> like straight up, like people, other people, when it comes to the ideas, right, it's either one, an insecurity of like, oh, man, I wish I could have thought it was an idea. Oh, man, I don't have the brave, uh, the, the brevity 
or the opportunity to do that or oh man I don't have the capacity or even the limit of thinking that way right because I know sometimes on social media it can be like it's like binary right or wrong but everything's nuanced some people just have a better or just have a wider capacity based on their environment and things that they can see and other people aren't able to see that because they're operating with their own experiences their own biases and other things right so oftentimes when we try to sell an idea or a vision to somebody that doesn't see from our point of view or vantage point, and we try to force them to be able to see it when it's not really coming to fruition, you're going to get a lot of pushback from people not being able to like, you know, see that. And like, I think it's pretty clear that what that thing that's been given to you, that calling, that vision, that idea, it was only meant for you and for me as a believer, like God or whoever, for you and that person, that higher source for you to be able to do until it's ready to come out from the outside and be able to go there. I didn't understand that and early on because of course you want everybody to see this and like whatever, yeah. and that's okay because not everybody's meant to supposed to understand it. And you know, you only need to, and like yourself, right? You built up a community of people that understood you, that want to know you, that want to see you, that embrace and enjoy you. Why are we too busy trying to focus and try to get other people who don't see it to try to make it happen? You're just wasting your time. <laughs> so how did you end up moving to this part of Austin and working for Capital Factory? Because when you and I met as well, you acknowledged that you want to go and make your own fun one day for, I think people you said who like grew up like you did or specifically black founders, whatnot. And to be at a VC fund at this age with a name behind you, like Capital Factory is huge. So why that progression? Why Austin? Uh, okay, that's a long, that's a story in itself, but I'm going to keep it short. Um, yes, you're absolutely right. I do want to one day, that is my, one part of my dream to build up a fund for underrepresented founders and the doers. So basically anybody, specifically um, women, and people of color, um, specifically in the in the in the no sectors of consumer tech, media, health and wellness, um, blockchain, and then you know culture, right? Because um, culture moves themes, right? So that's that's what I want to do. But now to be able to come at Capital Factory, I was able to when I was you know doing a part of the startup and fundraising money, I got connected. Shout out to my homegirl Harshini who got me connected with one of my coworkers now, Matt Hastings, I was pitching my startup. Um, things didn't go too well. And then after that, I left. And then from there, you know, I was just going around traveling, going to sabbatical, finding myself. And then I hit up one of the guys and I saw, oh, hey, a position's opening as an associate. And I saw, I said, okay, cool. Let me just see, let me go like whatever. I have this experience. I have this understanding. I've built products. I've been a founder. And I know that long-term I want to be an investor. Of course, always continue to build my own stuff build an operator, speak publicly, do my thing. But I think the number one most important thing is, hey, yes, the most important investment is your time, energy, and health, but you need dollars. And people need dollars in order to make their dream happen and resources. And once being a founder, you realize, oh, it's not going to happen on the luck of the draw. Like, you know, it's not magic. You need money and money's important. And so I said, okay, hey, I had the interview went through the process and then I was fortunate to be able to get this position to now be a uh, be the face of Austin. Um, that's what brought me down over here. 
to really just be able to speak to other founders, help them, operators, other investors, and just to be a connector, just to help people like with their resources and help elevate them any way I can to go further. And then they already are because we all deserve that chance. I really believe so. What are you noticing in the VC space? Any particular companies that are standing out to you, things that you really like, don't like? Um, Got to be careful with the way that I answer. What I'm noticing is a lot of Web3, crypto. Mm-hmm. That's, that's big. That's big. But also what I'm noticing is a lot of, I'm, I'm loving the dynamic in the expansion and the growth of Austin. A lot of people are coming to Texas. And I was actually about to move. I was actually about to go to LA to go to grad school at USC, study film, design, technology. And then I realized, wait, every, and you're, you yourself are a transplant from LA to Austin. And when I saw that trend of people coming to Texas and a bunch of innovators and a bunch of you know, business people doing their thing, I'm like, yo, I gotta stay. I mean, I can always travel, whatever, but like long-term, I'm staying in Texas. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna establish my roots here, continue to do that, like, you know, and all that stuff. So I, I love the diversity. A lot more women representation is coming out. A lot of people of color and different ideas are coming out as well. I think after George Floyd in 2020 and, you know, the women's rights issues and what's going on, I think there's going to be a lot of capital and a lot of things in movement towards that direction to be able to change the tide, you know, and I think that's, that's really good. It's happening now. And I really think it's because of our generation, Gen Z and the, and the generation alpha with TikTok and social media really pushing these platforms to be able to get their voices out there and, you know, stand behind something more meaningful. Are you a crypto guy? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself a crypto degen or crypto <laughs> bro. Um, do I, do I have crypto investments? Yes, but I don't really believe in labels. I look at assets and I'm not emotional about it because some people are emotional. You know what I'm saying? They like, Oh, I'm team Ethereum, team Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, that's cool. Do I have those assets? Yes, of course. But I think it's really cool. I think the one thing I wish that would change in the investment world is people not become too attached to whatever company or whatever thing idea because at any point in time it can go to zero yeah you're right and i mean obviously now is such an interesting time with crypto but in the in the space and that in the space i think of the evolution of the internet and social media web3 crypto seems to be the future so i know a lot of vc funds and whatnot invest in that kind of company for anyone who's listening who wants to start a company and wants to get invested in, like maybe has a company is bringing in X amount of money a month, what should they know about how to get investments and get in front of people like yourself? Um, definitely, for sure. The first step is understanding your corporate structure. Um, you know, follow your paperwork. America, I always say this to my colleagues and my friends or anybody that's interested, America was built off of paperwork. If you don't have your paperwork right, if you don't have your trademarks, if you don't have your understanding that you have your documentation that this is pen on paper and ink, um, you're basically having a hobby. Follow your LLC, follow that C-Corp, make sure you have your paperwork right, consult with a, group, a great team of advisors and um, have legal representation. Um, two, then I, I, and this is honestly the most important piece is have a good relationship with your customers. Um, when you understand that you have a good relationship with your customers and understand your customer, their wants and their needs, and you focus on that, 
they're your customers are your first investors. And once you have the cash coming in and once you're able to treat them well and you create a community and an ecosystem that is rallying behind your product because you are, you're, you are at service to these people, um, you would then now are going to be more attractive for outside capital. And honestly, like, you know, most people don't need outside capital like that, um, not to a point unless they're really trying to scale. Honestly, you just need to maybe go get a business loan, go file some grants, try every option. And then once you have that good basis of solid team, paperwork, great customer community, and you want to expand and to become a billion dollar company, then get that venture financing and find a way to be able to take what you already have is good, take it to the next level and go on. I think, yeah, I think that's really solid. I like, I like that answer. <laughs> I like, I like that answer too. I like that answer too. There's a lot of companies and I don't know what the exact ratio is, but I think that they say 90 or something percent of companies fail within the first year startups. Is that true? Yes. 90%, so 90, like 92, 90, anywhere between 90 to 92% of companies first fail. Yeah. What do you think the reasoning behind that is? Um, statistically, it's due to cash flow, uh, not being able to generate cash flow for your business to team dynamics. How do you build a solid team? How do you build a solid community? And now that you are at a, a fund, I assume that a huge element of the investors and the meetings that you guys have is like making sure everyone's on the same page and excited about the companies. And so is there any downside to being in the VC world, like anything people don't see behind the scenes. I mean, I'm imagining it moves very fast and is very high paced, high energy, but also probably has very long hours. I mean, if someone wanted to get into VC, are there things that they know or they, they, they wouldn't know based on how people portray that part of the industry? Hmm. I'm going to answer how to make like, like build a solid team first. First thing is um, make sure you know yourself, understand your strengths and your weaknesses, double down on your strengths, be able to be around people who complement your weaknesses and who, who, who's like, and then after that, you understand their strengths and their weaknesses and have open dialogue and communication, over communicate, understand how to communicate effectively. And most of the reason why businesses or if it's conflict or anything like that is because people um, make assumptions and they don't communicate well. And once you're able to communicate well, because you know you have a good relationship with yourself, you're then able to be at least have a, to be on the same page. Um, any downsides about being part of VC? Me, personally, I'll say no. Um, I think I, I think one thing people think, um, a misconception of VC is, um, actually, yes, there is one downside. Uh, the amount of no's that you have to give. <laughs> oh, the yeah, rejection? Yeah, 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 yeah. The giving the rejection. That's, that's, that's the hardest part. You know, when you know that to, to say, to say, hey, you know what? You're awesome. You're incredible. You're dope. But unfortunately, we might have to pass. We have to pass on you because you may not fit our thesis or you may not be a right fit at the right time. And, you know, it's really, it's very sensitive because, you know, some founders, right, they put their whole blood, life, and, you know, their whole identity in, into that. And you don't want to crush their dreams, but it's just like, I think with VC, for me, I view it as being a psychologist and, and being somebody that's able to hear out the problems and see what you can do to be able to be a support. 
and uh, just share you know your own stories and most importantly being of service bro so this is a service like is and it's also not a get rich quick you know what i'm saying like this is long-term partnership investment and if you're not a long-term thinking person and you're not able to really have uh, manage relationships well you're not going to be successful in the business so yeah so what is the evolution for you with what you want to do with your career? You're 23 now. You've got so much life ahead of you. How do you divide and conquer your day? Um, that's a good question. That's a great question. Because all the stuff that I wanted to do by 30, I, I, before 30, I accomplished. <laughs> right? Um, and you realize... And for me, when I, like, when I was like 22, I realized that life is meaningless when you chase over vanity. Um, the most important thing, I think, of evolution for me is to always, um, is to be kind and genuine and authentic and, and to be loving. Like, I know it sounds so cheesy, but love really is the answer. <laughs> and not that romantic, like Hollywood love, but love is an action. And, um, and to anybody out here, I really want to, there's, there's one book I recommend everybody to read. It's called Real Love by Sharon Salzberg. And talking about like the art of mindful connection between humans. And when you understand that people just wanna be known, seen and heard for who they actually are, um, I just want to do that in whatever capacity, whether it's me being an investor, being a public speaker, uh, author, artist, DJ, all my endeavors, or just simply like, you know, being a friend that own oh, the only true evolution in my life career-wise is how can I effectively love and help people connect most importantly with themselves and also just connect with me um, well through whatever thing that I do. So it doesn't really even matter what the capacity or the level that I, and how I do it, but that's the most important thing is to spread love. So that's, that is my, now my North star. Cause I'm telling you, it's empty when you get these awards and then you're at night on your bed and you're like, okay, you got it. What did you do it for? Wow. And nobody really cares. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, for sure. And that's what I found so interesting about you. And on the interview that you did with me is you asked me, I think, a similar question. And you and I are both very similar in understanding the fact that none of the things that really matter in life matter unless you have those people in your life, you have those relationships, because we've seen just throughout the course of life that people get to the top and they're so unhappy and as a young person, when you're still finding yourself and going through these motions, knowing that the personal relationships and how you feel when you wake up matter more than the number in your bank account is a really awesome spot for us to be at personally at this age. But is that something that you always envisioned or were you someone even growing up that was kind of like, I want to have X amount of money and view that as success? Absolutely. I wanted to be as rich as fuck. <laughs> you you will be, and you want to be still, but probably for like a different reason. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to put my financial status out there, right? You got to be careful because you don't want people walking on your door, of right? Course. But, but um, I'm at a place where my needs are met. I will never have to worry about how much money I have ever again. 
which I'm so grateful for. And, um, and I want to help other people get to that same point. Um, but yeah, like, you know, like, bro, like I, I did, you know, I was right. I want to be a billionaire and whatever, whatever. And it's just like, bro, relax, chill. <laughs> um, because it's so cliche, but that stuff, it, one, it does matter. Money does matter. But most importantly, it's like, how are you going to do it? And if you don't, if you don't have the understanding of the how, if you don't have the understanding of the um, what it's going to be for and how you're going to use it for good, um, you're just playing a pointless game. So, and success is relative. For me, success is a peace of mind and an open heart and just to be able to do what I love on a day-to-day basis. And that's talking to awesome people like you, awesome founders here, and just, you know, just have fun and just being alive. That, that's success to me now. I was going to say my next question was going to be how exactly do you define success, but you answered it at a perfect time. Uh, okay. So I, I want to end on something that we spoke about in your, in your, uh, episode with me. And that was about advice for young men. Now with this upcoming summit in September, I want to gauge half and half, half men, half women. And so I want to start being able to speak and incorporate more men into my existing platform and the Be Fearless Summit. But you had some really great pieces of advice on dating and feeling confident as a young man. And I'd love to know what were some of those pieces that you'd have for any guys who are listening? Let's talk about personal first and then business. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think this one goes both, you know, both personal and business. Um, Go to therapy, bro. (laughs) Um, Get in touch with your feelings, become emotionally available and learn how, yeah, learn how to become emotionally available. I think um, uh, most men don't know how to be intimate emotionally um, with people, one one with themselves and with their families and with their friends. And I think that being able to have that developing that emotional intelligence is gonna be so key because once you understand your emotions and understanding how to put your feelings into words and those words then becoming actions and you being a person of your action and your word, you're able to have more successful relationships. So whether it's with a significant other, your family, your friendships, being able to communicate clearly and be emotionally open will just lead to a much more fulfilling life. Because a lot of men are closed and they don't know how to do it. And typically because we've been told not to share our feelings. We've been told to hold it back in. We've been told to not cry. We've been told to you know stuff it down and continue to act this way. And this is the only way that you accept it. When not, man, like you are a fully dynamic, evolving human being. And I think the most important thing is like, yo, you gotta heal, bro. Go heal your traumas, go heal yourself. So you don't put your pain onto other people. Because when you do that, (laughs) you're breaking your heart, somebody else's heart, and you're just making a mess. And that's not cool. Hurt people hurt people, but healed people help people heal themselves. True shit. I love therapy. So I'm a big advocate, but obviously a lot of guys, I don't think view therapy in the same way that women do. Unfortunately, I think that people think of therapy as it means something's wrong with you, especially if you're a guy, you're not masculine and you're anything. And that's just, that's just not how it is. So in terms of business and getting to where you want to be in business, what advice do you have for young men with that besides on the more personal level of therapy? Like how do they figure out what they want to do or find that dream girl specifically or guy, whoever it is that they're dating. 
Uh, LMAO. The dream girl, I don't know, because I'm, I'm trying to find my dream girl, right? <laughs> uh, You're so young. <laughs> uh, I know. Whenever that time comes, focus right. on yourself, things, bro. You know, like, bro, just focus on yourself. Uh, <laughs> no, but the jokes aside, um, business wise, um, come up with a plan. Be a man of, be a man of action. Write down. It really comes again, like write down what are the what are the values that you're looking for. Um, which company that you want to work at that align with your values that you can be able to take and hopefully map out and find a way to be able to build out. Um, understanding, having a good financial backing, a financial understanding, like understanding your finance as well, what it means to set a personal budget for both your personal life and your business. So you have a direction, so you have enough cash in the bank just in case when there's hard economic times like this. Um, and most importantly, like kill your ego collaboration is where the money's at collaboration is where harmony's at collaboration is where wealth is at most men in business are all about their ego about me 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 but you got to kill your ego and be about we 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 because you go much further alone than you do you know by yourself you once you can be able to collaborate you be open-minded you're able to kill your ego you understand your finances and you understand what type of plan and what type of actions and your values you're going to be unstoppable. You will be unstoppable. And then people will want to work with you and you will want to work with other people and you become a force. That's how you do it in business. Kill your ego. That's a huge thing that I always say, especially to people in this industry. Cause I'm like, look until you're literally Oprah, I know it's a little harsh, but like you're no one. So that means you still call people, you pick up the phone, you follow up on the email. You don't just stop working. Even if you've seen that element of success, because that's when you fail. Uh, so I agree. I agree. All everything you've said resonates so much with me. And I'm so excited that I met you and that you were able to come on this show today. And I loved being on yours as well to everyone listening who wants to hear more from Tanaka. I'm going to put that in the link as well, but tell everyone where they can follow you on social media and all of that stuff. Um, I know that you're stopping the podcast for a bit that you're doing. So where can everyone follow you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the only reason why I stopped it because I'm doing a rebrand right now. I'm bringing it back July 1st. Uh, is, this podcast is no longer called Campus Cuts. It's called Iconic Conversations with Tanaka Taba because um, I, I think these conversations are iconic. But if you want to follow me, you can follow me at my first and last name on all social platforms at T-A-N-A-K-A-T-A-V-A, Tanaka Taba. Um, and also, you know, just hit my, I'm very open. I'm very approachable. If you got a business idea, we can talk. If you just want to chop it up and, you know, you just want to talk or whatever, yo, just hit me up and I'm very, my line is open. So that's where the people can find me at. Um, I also have one last thing to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. One piece of advice is to each and every person. And again, what your point that you said um, until you're Oprah, but even Oprah does this too. Always be forever a student. And mm-hmm. always, learn. always be open to learning because you there's so much to learn and when you live life with an open mind and an open heart to learning life gets really excited and fun and you'll just it's going to be a breeze and it's going to be so much more meaningful so that's all I got to say oh let's just take a moment I like want to meditate with you one day <laughs> I don't feel like I'd ever say that to someone else, but you give me calming energy. And I hope everyone who listened to this podcast 
feels the exact same way. So Tanaka, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being on this podcast today. If you are not following the new unfiltered be fearless summit or myself on social media, it's at the new unfiltered at be fearless summit and at Alexa underscore Curtis. And if you want to submit to speak at the upcoming summit or get a membership for grasshopper slash be fearless summit, you can do so right at any of the links on any of these social channels, as well as the website. And don't forget to write a review for the new unfiltered on the podcast app or Spotify and tell me who you guys want to hear next week on the new unfiltered. Bye guys.